lift up your hands and give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. I had the wonderful privilege of an audience with the president quite some time ago. Went to the White House and had a chance to sit down in the Oval Office. Just he and I and one of his aides. Supposed to be there 15 minutes. We talked for an hour. You realize how valuable an hour of the president's time is just one-on-one talking, sharing. I was so honored, I was so blessed by that wonderful experience. And I tried to make the most of every moment. You're talking about trying to be on my best behavior and trying to act like I was intelligent. Just in his presence was such a joy, such a lift, something that I'll never forget in all my life. The king of the universe, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last, he who died for us. God has given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord of all. You're talking about showing somebody some respect. Oh my, I showed the man respect. I honored the man. I I did all I could to make a good impression on the man. Well, we're in the presence of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And though we have this privilege from time to time, don't ever let anybody feel that you take them for granted. Let them know how much you really, really love them and how grateful you are for all the good things they have done for you. Could we take about a minute and just really worship the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Bless your name. Praise your name. We magnify your name. We bless your name. Hallelujah. And how many of you have something that you need from God? How many of you need something? Need provision. You need healing. You need a miracle. Does anybody need a miracle in here? The Bible says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual, fervent, intense, sincere, get down to business prayer. Not some kind of casual, uh, nonchalant, I do it every week type praise. But if this was the last minute of your life, And you had one moment to really let God know how thankful you are for everything he's done and how much you need him. How would you praise him? Come on, lift up your voices and... While you're praising him, miracles are being unleashed. While you're praising him, the Lord is showing up in a mighty way. While you're praising him, God is doing something in your life that he's never done before. While you are praising him, 
I see you rising higher. Clap your hands and give praise to God. Hallelujah. 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 Tell two people the Lord is so good to me and I've got to praise him. Those folk are crazy keeping all that noise. But if it don't bother you when you go to wherever you go and keep up noise, don't you bother us when we keep up noise for the omnipotent God of all the universe. I've got to praise him. He's been so good to me. I've got to praise him. He's opened doors for me. I've got to praise him. Because he's provided for me. I've got to praise him. Because I could have been dead and gone, but I'm here by the grace of God. Glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Glad to have this opportunity to worship God and praise God with you. My praise is all right when I'm by myself, but when your praise is joined with my praise, the Lord himself shows up. Tell three people Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles, please. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 33 and verse 1. 2 Chronicles 33 and 1. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. And he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. But he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. He raised up altars for the Baals and made wooden images and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. Verse 10, And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, listen. Therefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria who took Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. Now when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed 
to him. Tell your neighbor, pray to him. And he received his entreaty, heard his supplications, and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. God will save and forgive anybody. Would you say that after me? God will save and forgive anybody. Please be seated. There are two natures residing in each one of us. One reaches up and the other reaches down. One is evil, and one is good. One is noble, and the other leans toward disgrace. One is beneficial, and the other is detrimental. There are two natures inside each one of us. Both reside within us. And neither can be totally eradicated as long as we walk the face of the earth. Life is a battle between the good nature and the evil nature. I wish somebody agreed with me. This battle started before the earth as we now know it was created. One of God's angels in heaven became lifted up in pride because of his beauty and because of his musical skill. He envied the glory and the power of Almighty God. This angel, Lucifer, attempted to gain the loyalty of all the angels in heaven and succeeded in convincing one-third of them to become loyal to him rather than to God. A war between these angels and those angels that were loyal to God was fought. Lucifer, known as Satan or the devil, and his angels were defeated in that battle and were cast out of the kingdom of God. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground who weakened the nations. For you said in your heart, I'll ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'm going to be higher than God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I'll ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yes, Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Turn to Ezekiel 28 and 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus saith the Lord God. This was spoken to the king of Tyre, but as you read it, you know it's also speaking to 
the devil himself. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. The devil was a living orchestra all by himself within his own body. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I establish you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth. You were perfect in all your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground and I laid you before kings that they may gaze upon you. Revelations 12 and 3. Hallelujah. Just a moment. All right. And another sign appeared in heaven and a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. That's the demons, the angels who warred with the devil. He not only lost heaven himself, but he lost it for them. The dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations. That's Jesus with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should, not, that they should feed her there 1,260 1, days. And war broke out, verse 7, in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of God called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. And he was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. By the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives to the death. Satan is a roaring lion who goes to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He was not reluctant to even come before Adam and Eve and tempt them and draw them away from the will and the plan of God for their lives. He came before Job and devastated the life of Job until God acted and lifted Job up out of the predicament that the devil had drug him into. And he even had the nerve to come before Jesus Christ himself. Try to cause Jesus to turn away from the will and the plan of God for his life. And if the devil confronted all of them, you know the devil's going to confront you. Somebody ought to say amen. Through these scriptures, we gain insights into the origin, nature, and destiny of the devil. He continues to oppose everything that is good.
everything that pertains to God and everything that pertains to righteousness. Hallelujah. Satan continues to fight. He's a liar. He's a strategist for evil. He's a destructive enemy of mankind. And as great fish are caught by means of a small hook, the devil knows is that, and we need to know, that that small hook is all the devil needs to get into us so that he might drag us to destruction. Satan, the god of this world, has strangely blinded the minds of men. Satan has an awesome power over those who are led captive by him, else he could not draw them away from God, their best friend, to depend upon their worst enemy. And so when men were created, y'all going to pray with me today, God loved us and wished to receive love from us. And one cannot love unless he is free not to love. Thus God gave us freedom so that we could freely choose either to love him or not to love him and love something or somebody else. Have you ever known anyone who was having a love affair with himself? So this freedom brought with it the potential both for good and for evil because men, rather than loving God, began to love themselves. Adam unfortunately made the wrong choice. He and all of his descendants became infected with the disease of sin. Men's natures became addicted to sin. And God's judgment came down upon the world and upon men because of their sin. Death entered into the experience of men and spiritual death and physical death became the lot of all who walked the face of the earth. Read Romans 12 and 21 uh, to, to 5, 12 through 21 to learn more about this. Sin is a natural and preferred activity of mankind. Romans 3 and 23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So now against that backlog, to the stage comes a man by the name of Manasseh. He was the son of Hezekiah, who was the son of Ahaz. Hezekiah died about the time that Manasseh was only 12 years old. That was too young an age to lose your father and too young an age to become a king. But Manasseh was thrust into the leadership role long before he was ready for that role. But we must observe that his father, Hezekiah, had known how long he had to live when Manasseh was born. Hezekiah had no son when he prayed to God for a miracle, and God worked a miracle and gave Hezekiah 15 more years of life. And Manasseh was born soon after that word came from God. And so uh, Hezekiah had had 12 years to share with Manasseh and to teach Manasseh. And he should have been all the more aggressive in providing for instruction for his son. After being reminded of his failure to testify to the Babylonians and to give God glory before the Babylonians, Hezekiah should at least have given God glory before the son that would succeed him. 
He should have surrounded Manasseh with wisely, God, wise and godly counselors so that they could guide him until he was mature and wise himself. They could have informed Manasseh of the events of his father's life and the power of his father's God. And Hezekiah may have done all this and his counselors may have done their part. And if so, then Manasseh was all the more wicked because he ignored the wise counsel that God provided for him. How many of you know that children sometimes ignore their parents' wise counsel? And because of sin, we keep on making the same mistakes over and over again, generation after generation. Each new individual, each new generation feeling that their circumstances were different, that their abilities to succeed are superior, and that they are somehow wiser than all the generations that have gone before them. They say, yes, it was wrong then, but things are different now. We live in a different world. Yes, it might have destroyed them and brought trouble into their lives, but not my life. My case is different. It won't destroy me. It won't hurt me. So, so the devil keeps on using the same bait, the same hooks, the same strategies that he's used for centuries that the word of God has warned men about for centuries and still men keep on believing the devil's lies and losing their lives and their souls in the devil's hands. Somebody ought to say help Lord. Manasseh knowing that the living God had destroyed 185 thousand of his father's enemies in one night knowing that God had extended his father's life for 15 years and knowing that God had made the sundial go backward for his father and that God had granted his father spectacular economic success Manasseh decided after hearing all of that that he wanted nothing to do with the God of his father Again and again and again, this is the story of thousands of lives. Jesus said in John 3.19, this is the condemnation. The light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Paul said in Romans 1.18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest to them for God has shown it to them. Tell your neighbor, God has shown it to you. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. What we see lets us know what God is and what God is like and God's mighty power, mighty wisdom being known by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Tell your neighbor, we don't have an excuse. Because though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Now were they thankful and became fruitful in their thoughts and their foolish heart was darkened. God is displeased and hurt when we are not thankful to him. Help me preach, Lord. Mm -hmm. Manasseh did that which was evil in the sight of God. 
His behavior was worse than or at least as bad as was the behavior of the people that God drove out for the sake of the Israelites. God said, listen, those folk are weak. I'm going to move them. They are sinful. They are wicked. I'm going to move them, and I'm going to give you their place. And then Manasseh and his people came in, and they were just as bad as the folk moved. And in many cases, they were worse than the folk that God had moved. The word abomination is used to describe Manasseh's behavior. God did not like, could not stand the taste of his behavior. If God moves somebody because of their disgusting, morally disgusting behavior, and if you take their place and they will move because of their evil behavior, don't you know God will move you? If you do the same thing, God loves you, but God is a holy God and God is a just God. So Manasseh rebelled against everything his father had stood for. And this tendency to rebel is a manifestation of the sin nature that is within us. Listen, if somebody tells us this is right for you to do, something rises up in us and says, Listen, you can't tell me what to do. And sometimes we'll do something we don't even want to do just because somebody else told us not to do it. Are you with me on today? Hmm. somebody tells us to go right, then something in us automatically tells us to go left. And this desire to be independent and to find our own identity and to chart our own pathway can be very destructive if we ignore the wise counsel of the folk who love us. Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it's in is the way of death. Proverbs 1 and 8. My son, hear the instruction of your father. Do not forsake the law of your mother, for there will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains around your neck. So whatever Manasseh's father built, Manasseh tore it down. Whatever his father had built up, Manasseh, Manasseh would destroy it. Whatever his father had torn down, Manasseh would build it back up again. Listen, succeeding generations should rise higher and build higher on the foundations that are laid by preceding generations. You ought to get a better education than your parents got. Mm-hmm. You should do more than your parents have been able to do because they have given you a foundation to build on, not to tear it down. Your parents are not your problem. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, your parents are not your problem. They're only trying to help you. Don't let the fact that your parents have tried to stay in your life cause you to hate them and dislike them. They may not be the best parents in the world, but they love you with all their hearts and you'd be so much worse off without them. Can I get a witness in the house? You know what time I'm going to get through with this message? When I get through with it. Manessa. Manasseh turned away from God 
and he turned toward idolatry. He became a worshiper of Baal, and the worshipers of Baal made obscenity into a religion and vice into an ingredient of adoration. Sex organs were fashioned and sculptured from wood and from stone and were prominently displayed in the temple of Baal. Cult prostitutes met with those who came to the temple of Baal and gross immorality was practiced in the temple in the name of religion. The daughters and wives were forcefully carried into the temple to be abused and it was the living God who had brought them to the throne and blessed Manasseh to rise to that point, but he bowed down before idol gods and gave them praise and gave them credit. He even worshipped the host of heaven or the stars. This is called astrology. Astrology emanates from the belief that the planets are gods and that each of us has a god or a planet that exerts influence over us. And they claim that we can understand ourselves and predict our future by studying the planets. But listen, God made those planets. Planets are material entities created by God, directed by God, controlled by God. And listen, it's time to stop looking at the planets and start looking toward God. God has surrendered none of his glory, none of his power to any planet in the universe. But Manasseh worshipped the planets. He insulted God by setting up altars to idol gods in the temple, in the house of God. He worshipped the, the idol gods in the very house of God himself. Listen, it's one thing to neglect God. It's another thing to turn away from God, but it's altogether another thing to insult God to his face by opposing him and desecrating that which pertains to him. Listen, respect the house of God. Worship God in his temple. Don't let anything turn your attention away from God. Tell your neighbor, this is God's house. And we're here to give God all the glory that we can. Clap your hands and praise God. Mm. He caused his children to pass through the fire, the Bible says. That means either that he dedicated them to the God Moloch for the rest of their lives, or that he actually sacrificed some of his sons on the altars to those idol gods. Second Chronicles 33 and 6 says he practiced soothsaying and used witchcraft and sorcery and consulted with mediums and spiritists and did much evil in the sight of God to provoke God to anger. Hmm. And Second Chronicles 33 and 9 lets us know that Manasseh was not only satisfied to do these things himself, but he seduced as many people as he could to practice what he was practicing also. Some people are not satisfied until they get somebody else involved in their sin. But your punishment for what you do is bad enough without putting yourself in a predicament to get punished for what you've caused other folk to do. Listen, if you know somebody who's trying to serve the Lord, let them serve the Lord. If you know somebody who's trying to draw close to God, let them draw close to God. Leave them alone to convince them to become wicked 
and turn away from God, you may be the first victim of their wickedness and of their sin. Sennacherib was slain by his own sons. And those who are involved in child abuse and who aspire to introduce innocent children into aberrant lifestyles and lascivious lifestyles, listen, are going to be the greatest objects of the anger of God. God is going to get you in a special way if you're leading somebody else, especially a child, astray from the will of God. Leave those children alone. Leave folk who are living for God alone. Leave folk who love God alone. You may need them to pray for you and to lift you at some time in your life. Come on, church. Clap your hands and give praise to God. <clears throat> I'm going to be through pretty soon. Second Chronicles 33 and 10. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people. And the Bible says, but they would not Listen, listen, listen when God speaks to you. How arrogant. All of us are incensed when we speak to somebody and they won't acknowledge that we spoke to them. We're insulted. It might be somebody we've never seen in our life. We're already on the elevator. They get on the elevator. You kind of say, hello, how are you? And they don't say a word. You don't even know them, but you want to hear Uh-huh. How much more is God justified and angry when he speaks to us and says us don't and do this and come here and go there and we won't even acknowledge that the Lord has spoken unto us. Hallelujah. You really do want God to speak to you. You don't want God to go to the next level. God, talk to me. No, don't whoop me. Don't hit me. Don't kill me, don't, don't punish me, speak. Your word is just enough. How many of you want God's word just to be enough? You don't want God to have to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. You don't want God to say, now listen, I'm not going to talk to you about this again. I want him to keep on talking to me. I want him to be pleased with my life, with my response to what God says. Proverbs 29 and 1 says, he who is often rebuked and hardeneth his neck will be suddenly destroyed, and that without remedy. In other words, God talks to you and talks to you and talks to you. When God gets through talking, then God brings down judgment and punishment on your life. But Manasseh was the consummate party animal. He had it going on. He was one of the swinging miserable and because of the needs of his soul and spirit were not being met, he overdid everything that he did in wickedness. Some of you are doing your own thing. You're taking it all in, but you're not happy, and God keeps talking to you. You keep hearing the voice of God, and you're aggressive in what you do because you're trying to hide the voice of God from you, but it's louder and louder. God keeps talking to you. Tell your neighbor, listen. God talks through people. God talks through your conscience. God talks through circumstances. 
God calls, talks through physical events that take place in our life and in our body. He talks through things that happen in our environment. But God spoke to Manasseh, and Manasseh didn't even respect or respond when God spoke to him, and he didn't even repent when the trouble was staring him in the face. Listen, when trouble is looking you in the face, you need to say, hey, I better stop Get in touch with God. Get God to bring me through, out, up, over, away from whatever it is I'm confronting. But some people can see trouble in your face and still not repent. The king of Babylon, the king of Assyria, launched an attack against Manasseh. And Manasseh saw the army coming and did not even call on the almighty God. When Hezekiah called upon God, 185,000 soldiers were surrounding his city, getting ready to attack. But Hezekiah called on God and God killed, destroyed 185,000 of his enemies in one night. Manasseh would not call on the Lord. Will you tell two people, call on God? Hmm. They came upon Manasseh's kingdom. God sent them to chastise a sinful people and to subdue a straying prince, Manasseh. Manasseh ran out into the garden and tried to hide, got down in the rose bushes and in the thorns, sticking and pricking himself, trying to say, the Assyrians will never look for me here. And so he hid from them when they came into the palace and on the grounds of the palace, but they found him anyhow, and they carried him with hooks put a hook in his jaw and drug him back to Assyria by that hook, put him in fetters and bound him and tortured him and punished him and carried him back to Babylon. Certain historic writers say that the Chaldeans made a brazen statue of a mule that was hollow inside and that had holes in the belly and holes in um, the stature. And they built fires underneath that brazen statue uh, of a mule and put Manasseh inside of the brazen stature so that the intense heat was torturous and painful and unbearable uh, for him. They, they tortured him. They, they, they punished him. And the Bible says when he was in misery, he sought help from all the idols that he had made. And he obtained no help because they were of no use. He called on Baal. He called on Moloch. He called on all the idol gods. But none of those gods showed up to help him. Listen, nobody is going to show up but God himself. That's not all they did. He experienced indescribable afflictions from the hands of the king of Assyria. For many months, he was in a dark and a cold and a dreary dungeon. He was given only bread and vinegar and everything was gone. And Manasseh, in the midst of that situation, began to see himself and to see his behavior for what it really was. Lying there in prison, half starved that crushed man began to cry and he began to repent and he began to pray before the Lord his God he was greatly humbled in the sight of God and he said Lord what a fool I've been Lord how wrong I have been I don't even deserve to call on your name 
I don't deserve your mercy. You gave me everything, but I did not appreciate it. And you have every right to blast me from the face of the earth. Every sin that Manasseh had ever committed came marching across the stage of his mind. There comes a time when the chickens come home to roost. And listen, when you really repent, when you really tell God you're sorry, you're not really casual about it. And sometimes we uh, seek to reverse a lifetime of sin by a brief, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me and think that it's over. But if you really see your sin for what it is, you will fall down in agony before God himself and say, Lord, I wronged you and I don't deserve anything but death. But God, if you give me another chance, I'll praise you for the rest of my life. I'll glorify you and magnify you for the rest of your life. So Manasseh said, Lord, if you give me just another chance, I'll do anything that you want me to do. I want my heart to be right with you. And someone has said that while Manasseh was praying, all the presiding angels in heaven looked down and said, oh no, you won't. You don't deserve to pray. And the angels went around and closed up all the windows in heaven trying to stop God from hearing the prayer of Manasseh. But the writer says that God opened up a window in heaven and said, I hear Manasseh calling on my name. He heard Manasseh's prayer. He received Manasseh's supplication. Oh, bless the name of God. And about that time, God started working on the heart and the mind of the king of Assyria. And he turned the attention of that conquering king toward Manasseh and said, King Manasseh has suffered long enough. I want you to let him go back home. He's endured enough pain. He'll be a loyal and faithful subject of the kingdom. He'll do what is right. He'll carry his people in a right way. And as the king's heart was touched, he decided in his heart, go get Manasseh. The king thought he was in his own thoughts. But when God begins to deal with the mind of your enemy, the mind of your enemy will change. From a man's ways, please the Lord. He'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Tell your neighbor, God can turn it around. Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. Go get Manasseh. Bring him out of prison. Give him a bath. Put some royal clothing on him. Decorate him with jewelry. Bring Manasseh in the throne room. Manasseh, I'm sending you back home. I don't know what's come over me. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to send you back and let you rule over your kingdom once again. I don't know why I'm doing this, but listen, we know why he did it. God began to work in his heart, in his mind. I listen, child of God, God can touch the heart of those that you're around, that are around you, and God can turn it around. 
Tell your neighbor God can turn it around. Oh, bless the name of God. God restored Manasseh. God put Manasseh back on the throne. That reminds me of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. For the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Said after me, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, Jesus bore the burden for all our sins. He lived and he died that we might have life. On the third day morning, he arose from the dead. If God will recognize anybody, he'll recognize Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. Jesus says, I'm hanging here for you so you won't have to die. You won't have to receive the judgment for God on your sins. God will forgive you because of Jesus. And I've just come by to tell you, if God could forgive Manasseh, God will forgive anybody. Will you tell your neighbor, if God will forgive Manasseh, he'll forgive anybody. God forgave him. But when God forgave him, he turned around and said, I'm going to live in another way. I'm not going to live like I lived before. He went on back home. And the Bible says the first thing he did was to build a wall. He built a wall to say, listen, I'm going to stay inside the will of God and everything that's on the outside of the will of God. I'm going to try to keep it away. Child of God, when you accept Jesus, build a wall. Say, Lord, search my mind. Search my will. If you find anything that should not be, take it out. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be here home. Is there anybody that really wants to live for God? Anybody who's serious? Jesus was serious hanging on the cross. We ought to be serious when we accept his sacrifice and say, Lord, forgive me. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to do your will. Lift up that hand and say, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to do your will. He built a wall, but not only did he build a wall, he tore down all the idols and he tore down all the idol temples and he forbade the worship of any idol God and said that this God will be our God forever and forever. Listen, child of God, if you really love God, tear down everything in your life that's not like him. Tear down every relationship. Tear down every habit. Tear down every inclination. Tear down everything that's not like God and fall down before God alone and worship him. I said worship him. I said worship him. Hallelujah. Because that's what Manasseh did. He worshiped God. He praised God. 
he looked back on what God had done for him. Can you imagine how Manasseh worshiped and how Manasseh praised? Can you imagine how much he loved God and how thankful he was to God? Manasseh fell down and said, Lord, you brought me out of the belly of a brazen stature. You brought me out of a dungeon. You brought me out of pain. You brought me out of destruction. But is there anybody out there can remember how God has brought you out? So good. So good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. I read the newspaper and I see what's happening in the lives of other folk. Hallelujah. I see what they're going through. I see what they're doing. I see how they're living. And all I can do is say, God, I thank you. You ought to thank him. Tell your neighbor you ought to praise him because he's been so good to you. God has been good. God has been good. And listen, I'm not going to restrain my praise. Whatever I've got to do to praise the Lord, I'm going to do it. Whatever I've got to do to let him know how thankful I am, I'm going to do it. In the name of Jesus, give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Stand up in God's house. Everybody stand and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. You know you didn't deserve it. You know God didn't have to do it. God could have given up on you a long time ago. But tell two people, God is not through with you yet. God is not through with you yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You were arrogant. You were haughty. You ignored him. But God loved you just the same. And God is not through with you yet. God wants to take you higher than you've ever been. There's something God wants to do in your life that you've never imagined. And you ought to raise your hand and say, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your command. Yes to your word. Yes. God wants you to praise him. Manasseh praised him. Manasseh worshiped God. God wants you to give him praise. Praise like you've never done before. Praise at a level that you've never reached before. If you're more excited about anything than you are about what God has done for you, then there's something wrong with you. If you go anywhere and you keep more noise up for that than you do for this, 
If you exert more energy for that than you do for this, there's something wrong with your praise. But listen, if you praise him, if you love him, let it be your highest praise. How many of you know he's worthy? I wish somebody would help me praise him. I wish, I wish somebody would praise their way through. Praise your way into the anointing, the power, the blessing, the presence of God. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Yokes are dropping off. Praise him. Chains are being broken. Praise him, chains are dropping. Praise him, sickness is dropping. Praise him, obsessions and habits are falling in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, praise him. Come on, come on, come on. There's a Holy Ghost blessing for somebody who will praise him. There's a miracle of healing for somebody who will praise him. There's a lift for somebody who will praise him. There's a yoke to be broken for somebody who will praise him. Enter in. Enter in. Enter into the presence. Enter, enter into the blessing. Enter in. also repented and said God I'm so sorry I'm so sorry for what I said for what I did so sorry I would not listen so sorry because of my sin because of my wrong because of what I said because of the way I influenced others God please forgive me God please forgive me I'm sorry not only am I going to say I'm sorry but I'm going to live in a different way come on let's send up a season of apologies and repentance God forgive me God forgive me forgive me forgive me I'm sorry I'm sorry I broke your heart I'm sorry I'm sorry Lord I disregarded your word. I'm sorry. Forgive me and try me again. 
I hurt folk. I injured folk. I wounded folk. I wounded you. I'm sorry, Lord. I want to live for you. I'm sorry. Turn my life around. I'm sorry. I'll do your will. I'm sorry. Come on, tell him, tell him, tell him. Hallelujah. 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 